So with the Premier League about to start, you look at all the kit unveils, Bo, and one really has me scratching my head. Arsenal's third kit. They might as well just wear a Chelsea jersey. I, I don't get that. I'll tell you, I was looking at an older game a couple of, from a couple of years ago, and Manchester United used to have an alternate jersey that was blue. And the guy doing the announcing kept on saying, and of course, Manchester United in the blues today. It's like, look, you've had a color for 100 years. Just stick with it. If you're going to do something, you know, Barcelona always has those crazy color third jerseys, like the neon pinks and yellows and stuff like that. As awful as those are, at least don't go into your rival's color scheme. I don't get it, but, you know, I also think it's better than every jersey being black, which seems to be what all the other leagues are doing. Mm -hmm. So, if you hate, if you, right, you know, every team has like the black jersey with the black type and the black, it's just, it's a mess. So, honestly, if you hate the jerseys that they have, the nice part about it is because of money, they'll come out with brand new jerseys next year. So you only have to suffer for 12 months. You know, I, I feel, and I'll just say this candidly, and, and well, not so candidly because I'm saying it out loud here on the show, but <laughs> Adidas really is the one pushing the questionable agendas, it seems, when it comes to all the different alternate kits. Well, all I got to say is if you ever really get upset about how a kit looks, you should look back at the first year of MLS mm. because those were the worst jerseys imaginable. And I see, because I always see these like on YouTube or I'll flip in through uh, Instagram and you'll see like highlights from like the first year of MLS. And you're so excited because instead of penalty kicks, they would do, you know, man versus man, goalie versus, you know, the, the yeah. run up. Uh, but the jerseys they're wearing, man, I don't know where they got I don't know who was like, yeah, this this is going to sell soccer in the United States. It also had that mid-90s cut, too. It was not an athletic fit. It was not an athletic fit. It was very pachuco. Uh, so <laughs> this show, not about jerseys. This show, not about uh, apparel brands. This show, not even about the Premier League, wanted to hit on La Liga because of all oh, the yeah. leagues. Now, now, let's just preface this. The first couple of match days we will not see beloved atleti we will not see uh the dumpster fire in making that is barcelona and we will not see the title defense of real madrid quite yet it's the other teams that weren't participating in the champions league at the very end of what was the last la liga season so this thing is coming right off the heels of the recent season and obviously the barcelona storylines are huge but when it comes to what we'll see in the early weeks here, what are you looking out for as a Valencia guy? Uh, do you want to see them off to not just a good start, but showing something early? Because this would be a good year to assert yourself because so much is up in the air. Well, I, you know, that's the thing that's interesting about La Liga is, you know, you, you kind of know that no matter how bad they are, Real Madrid and Barcelona are going to be able to stumble through the first couple of games and stay in contention. But you're right. A team like Valencia, I mean, look, they got Levante, Celta Vigo, uh, Huesca, you know, Real Sociedad. They got a pretty good first month in September. So it's like if they can kind of survive, right? If they can get eight or nine points in the first four games, this is this is good. This gets them in that top four, and I think I think Valencia can do better if they have that confidence. Uh, Sevilla is going to be; they're the only team that looks to Europe as like a springboard. And I think after their performance in Europa, I think they're I think they're going to play really well. And they're the other team that can come out 
get at the top of the table and put a little pressure on Barcelona and Real Madrid. I mean, Real Madrid is used to playing under high pressure, but Barcelona, it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to break under the pressure. Messi's back. He's looked good in training the little bit we've seen. Um, the, still, the questions are out there. What's going to happen to Suarez? Are they going to be able to get Memphis to pay in? And where 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 is that going to put them? Because... I don't want to act like that La Liga is like the Bundesliga where there's two or three great teams and everybody else is is fun to watch but mediocre. There are a lot of good teams in Spain, but it's going to be interesting to see what Barcelona can do in the first couple of weeks of the season if they can kind of get a couple of goals, get a couple of draws, get some wins. As long as they don't lose a game in the first month, I think everybody's going to be okay it'll be the reset button Messi is still there for another season but again you know one loss we've seen what happens you have one loss at Barcelona and you know they start they start cleaning house yeah I don't know that Ronald Koeman even feels like he's on the hot seat and we shall say that Barcelona's first game back he's starting on the hot seat their first game back is September 27th that's a Sunday against Villarreal and we should also mention as we listed off those other teams Atleti Real Madrid and Barcelona that Sevilla the champions of Europa are not just headed to the next Champions League coming up but also in that mix of teams that don't start until the 27th that being a Sunday and and that a chock full afternoon of uh, matches to watch and and I look forward to really sinking into a good, full, uh, hopefully uninterrupted season of La Liga. I I, I feel that some of the teams, when they came back, they had lost too much of what was working for them. And it was not a helter-skelter ending. It did work in Real Madrid's benefit. But to your mind, Bo, as you watch Real Madrid, what are some pitfalls for that squad this coming campaign? Well, there's always the bail question. What is going to happen to bail? And you can easily say like, well, why does it matter? He sits on the bench, but it's like, well, okay, if they move bail, then what do they move towards? What are they able to get for bail? They lost Hymas. He's gone, right? Again, not somebody who plays, but it's still somebody who weighs on the team because it, you have training. They're there during training. Uh, there's always that question. Will they play? Won't they play? So, I mean, we probably won't, but it would be nice to get an answer to the bail question because I really think that affects the team chemistry uh, in the way. And, and Zidane is such an interesting manager because a lot of these players, especially like Sergio Ramos, seem like they are so far into Zidane's camp that whatever he can do, no wrong. To them, he is a player's coach, right? But then you see the way he treats other players. And it's like, okay, if Bale and Hymas are gone, then who's going to be the person on the receiving end of Zidane's, uh, let's just put it as uh, his not-so-nice ways. So, I mean, Madrid's always an interesting team because it's like, I never think that the dressing room there is in order, right? I never think that, like, the players are, are truly motivated. But they're very, very good. So, I mean, coming out of the box, it's going to be interesting to see if Madrid can can come out, if, you know, Courtois can once again dominate in the back, uh, keep them basically in every game because, you know, with him and that back line with Ramos, they're only going to give up one, maybe two goals a game. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if they can score. It, Eden Hazard had, like, literally his worst season, you know, and now he suffered through that, but in the end... They won La Liga. So can Hazard kind of bounce back 
And if he can come out and, and silence the critics and play very well, then I think Madrid's definitely on the path to, once again, win La Liga. But the drama just surrounding them. I mean, we talk about Barcelona's drama with Messi, but, the, you know, the, Madrid's drama is just so self-created. You know, nobody wants to leave. So it's, it's it, it, I hate to say it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. Uh, this is definitely, though, the kind of season where Atletico Madrid, because they retain All Black, hopefully it looks like they're going to, that they can really make a charge. Because Madrid is in its, uh, Real Madrid is in its usual up and down. You're not real sure where everybody's head is at. Barcelona right now is still a dumpster fire, and I will not believe likewise until I see something different. So, yeah, this, this could be uh, an Atletico jump-off point. Oh, I think it's time. I, I was going to say it's time. Woo! It's time for that football down south! Ah, uh, football and in Glace, and it's been so go. topsy-turvy. It, it, it has been... I mean, we get on the Toluca train, and they can do no right. And, <laughs> and you know, we're, we're, we're complaining about... Uh, they're an eighth. And then they with a bullet downward. Uh, I, there's some certain issues going on. <laughs> I, I felt really, really bad for Pachuca because they were completely on a roll and they had almost just kind of you know squeezed down what would have been a very nice draw, to be honest with you, against Cruz Azul. And then the 91st minute, a long ball from Corona oh. from the keeper's spot all the way out. It's a bad bounce. And you got to give it to Jonathan Rodriguez for what he did to head the ball in an upward trajectory that just floated in the goal. It was an amazing way to steal a match. But Pachuca, they they lose Burrito Hernandez in the game, and then they lose the game. It, it, it was a rough night for uh, Tuzos. It was. It was. But, I mean, look, we're at the halfway point, and I think if you would have told Pachuca fans, hey, look, at the halfway point, you guys are going to be sitting in fifth place. They would be happy with that, okay? And that's the thing. It's like we're, we're at the halfway point, and, you know, to see Guadalajara in seventh, look, they've had their problems. They've had to change close coaches. They're in seventh place. They're doing pretty good. Toluca, same thing. The Toluca train has gone off the tracks, but it's okay. They went off the tracks. They're still in eighth place. So it's like these teams – they've hopefully they've absorbed their poor play they've absorbed their mediocrity and so they can turn it around and they're still sitting in pretty good places and and then of course lawrence our little favorite mazalan yeah 16th? yeah i was feeling i was feeling like a little strange that the last time we had recorded we're referring to the mazalan magic because they got that uh set piece the corner that took the tie with Tigris, and, and I'm thinking, well, that that's pretty impressive. And you think, well, Tigris is, you know, getting that a lot. Tigris finally did that, basically, to somebody, a late-game goal. That was nice, but we'll get to that in a second. But Mazatlan really getting to Spider Orozco early and uh, facing Tijuana, and uh, it was a Carlos Huerta, really nice goal in about the eighth minute of the game, and then they just basically didn't run out of steam the rest of the way with Tijuana and 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 it was lucky for them I would say that it was on the field at the Kraken because the faster turf in Tijuana probably would have been their undoing Tijuana's speed was on display but it wasn't as useful not on the turf well 
good good analysis there of Mazalan, the team the 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 only 16th place team that any podcast spends this much time on but i will say this if that game the week, you know the game before if fraga is standing in front of the goal when they pass the ball back mm-hmm. instead of that once again another unforced error by Mazalan in the back Mazalan is then sitting in 10th place so Mazalan could be in tenth place that, right now. That's and that's playoffs, you know? yeah, and that's remarkable. That is remarkable. Okay, and so, I, and I, Adalus, you could say the same thing. I mean, look, nobody's really out of it at the halfway point. There's nobody who's just uh, a complete non-entity, right? Everybody's still in it. And so, what's more interesting to me right now is not those teams, right? Not the the Tijuana's, the Santos Lagunas, uh, the Atletico San Luises. I mean, these teams are all a streak away from being in contention. What's more interesting to me is Guadalajara and Monterrey, right? The big boys, the big boys at sixth and seventh, and they're just so inconsistent. Monterrey with a loss and a draw, like what? What are they going to do? What is Mohamed going to do to get this team to like actually be good? Because at this point, I don't think Monterey's good. I just think they occasionally win games. Yeah, I, I'm not enamored with the goalkeeping. I mean, it was funny watching Atletico San Luis and thinking, we don't talk about this a lot, but Axel Werner is really one of the very strong reasons they stay in games and in this most oh, yeah. recent game, win games. And you got to keep in mind, if he was Oblak's backup, that makes him the second best goaltender in the world. Sure, sure. That's that's a good theory to stick yeah. with. It's, but no, I, no, he does play well. And, you know, if Atletico can just kind of work a little bit more on, you know, maintaining possession, if they can just get a couple of more goals there, you know, again, like I just said, None of these teams at the bottom, Nacoxa, we've seen all of these teams win, right? We've seen them all win against good teams. So, honestly, you're right. The goaltending is going to keep them in the game. Atletico is definitely one of those teams that could make a run, you know, because you have teams on the edge like Juarez that I don't know if they're going to be able to stay in 12th place. And then, you know, we have the teams up top. We have the teams like Pumas, who finally, after this kind of, I mean, Everybody's kind of been jam-packed this whole season, right? We have three teams with 19 points right now, and Lyon is only one back. But Pumas is actually looks like they're on a trajectory going forward. Where Cruz Azul, uh, they stumbled, you know, and they were looking like such a dominant team, and then they got brought back down to earth. So, you know, this top four, uh, you know, you got Pachuca, Guadalajara, Monterey, but those teams got to get it together, uh, Monterey and Guadalajara, to get into that top four. Uh, so, Lawrence, do you see any surprises, you know, halfway through the season? What what teams do you think, wow, I didn't expect them to be there? Other than Carataro at nine, who is probably my big surprise. Yeah, that's a big surprise. It, and I'd almost say Toluca at eight uh, is also a nice surprise. Um, I, you know me, I always have Monterey way higher in my expectations. I think they should be around where Cruz Azul and America are, just given. They're not that far off. But Pumas not having a loss has really been impressive. And, and, and you know, you, every time he gets a great goal, you'll text me, Danino, you know, like it's, it's actually a team that I'm starting to pay attention to just a little bit more. I, I've never been 
thoroughly enamored with Pumas uh, that I, in the way that I am with other clubs. And, and I'm starting to see it a little bit better. And, you know, Cruz Azul has had sort of the most steady aspect this entire campaign thus far but but pumas is like in that workmanlike attitude just getting it getting it done it's the surprises what what are the surprises you know i, I didn't think nakaks was going to be great san luis i expected maybe be a little bit better mazatlan's about where you'd expect them to be santos playing as poorly as they have that that to me is probably the biggest surprise and and i i i almost wish that that was a team that was perpetually up in that you know three four five six realm because i i do think they do bring out the best in their competition but their competition has gotten the best of them thus far and i don't know that they can rally well they're playing the uh they're playing tigres next and we'll see which tigres team shows up because every time we talk about them and tigres we say the same thing they just don't seem like their head is in it so that'll be an interesting matchup on saturday Nacoxa Guadalajara again two teams that are just we think they're terrible and then they win two games and we're like oh okay they're not that bad Guadalajara of course is higher up in the standings but they're expected to be higher up in the standings so that game's definitely something that we're going to need to look at and Querétaro Leon I think that's our pick match and yeah. I'm going to go with Querétaro I think they're going to I think Querétaro wins this game I think that puts them higher up in the table I'm still of the idea that this is a much better team than than anybody uh, expected, than anybody gave him credit for. Yeah, and I mean, I'll take one more flogging on something. I mean, J.J. Macias has, in the past couple weeks since our last shows, um, has turned it around to now where I'm saying, well, okay, I, I, I see it. He, he's had some really, really poised maneuvers inside the box that have been like, they, they'll be just fine if they can keep making sure they can serve him something in an area where he can make something happen. And then the speed of Antuna really on display two matches ago where you're just like, this team, you know, we we saw him in the MLS. We we see, I mean, we know what it all could be, but I I I don't know that the the Vucetich method is coming into form quite yet. But the organization has led to good results for Guadalajara, and it's been nice to watch. They've had just you know shade of a setback in the past week, but not not to where you're concerned that they're just not scoring goals. They they started scoring goals again, and that, and that was a good thing to see. And then, you know, we, we can't forget. I mean, we're talking about Toluca being one of those teams that, again, I was a bit surprised, and now we've seen them really at the top of the table and then kind of just starting to free fall against America on Saturday. I, I don't anticipate things necessarily get better for Toluca in this case. I really don't. Really? I, you know what? I see, yeah, so the two games that I'm very interested in watching is the Toluca Club America game because I feel like at some point the Toluca team we saw three weeks ago is going to come back. They, they know how to win. They just have to do it again. And the other game I'm really interested in is uh, Monterey Tuzos. Yeah. Because I, I, I think, I mean, Pachuca sitting at fifth place and God, they're so exciting to watch right now. And Monterey is Mohamed. I... I, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to quick aside. So uh, I'm watching on Amazon Prime, right? And uh, watching the... Watching so the, so you are watching, watching the, the propaganda. I am. Okay. I am. 
And, uh, you know, Expl- explain for a second, like what propaganda we're watching. We're watching the Spurs propaganda. But, yeah. yeah, we're watching the Spurs. I haven't quite I haven't really gotten into it because I watch I watched the Man City one. I watched it with my kids. And so I, I, I'm kind of just dabbling in the in the Spurs one. But it's interesting to see Pochettino as he's leaving and, and Jose's coming in in the, in the first episode. And it's I'm kind of wondering if Monterey's in the same boat with Mohamed is is has he just lost the locker room? Is it one of those situations like Pochettino where he is the best coach for the team? He's done great by the team. He's very successful with the team, but maybe it's time for a new coach to run that team. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's so bad he should be fired, but it's like, I wonder if Monterey with Mohamed has peaked and now they need a change. Yeah, I mean, it's. But remember, the Club World Cup wasn't that long ago and they were giving Liverpool fits. Sure. I mean, and I know, I know, well, I know things club, can change. Like, but, I know, but yeah, but Pochettino, Pochettino had his guys in, in the, the Champions League, the Champions yeah. League, yeah. But but I mean, look, Premier League it, and League yeah. MX, okay. it's a bit different. In 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 the, it, it's a bit is different. It, it uh, yeah, it is. It is. Okay, let's say it's the not for the sake of argument. Of course, okay. the, but but oh, okay. Now here here's one for you. I will table that because I know it's not different. Different. The fans do expect a lot. The clubs are legendary. We love the sport. We take it as seriously as pretty much anything. The the NFL is starting tonight. We're talking League MX before oh, we it? talk about the, yeah. See, <laughs> Chiefs Texans. So my my thought would be this: We are now about to enter. A time period where we're not going to know what any of these squads really are because I don't know if you're sensing this or not at first when the Bundesliga was the first to come back it was so nice to have live sports back it didn't matter that there was nobody in the stands what I'm starting to notice is they've had these condensed schedules and, and, and tell me if you think this is right or not I'm starting to feel like the lack of fans and home fans in a stadium is dragging down the energy actually now and that's the the athletes are the best in the world the quality of the television production the quality of the coaching everything is like perfect but there is that one little factor that's making some of this seem like a slog i know the schedules have been tight in many of these leagues but what i guess i'm starting to wonder here is monterey falling in the trap of just the typical thing that the iron giant would boost them to do something or have a little extra it's not there so and i'm not a mohammed apologist but can you see that just the fact that there are not fans in the stands and especially in a place like monterey where people do come out to a very nice stadium and are real real supporters of the striped ones what that means is now missing and it's not an excuse but i'm noticing just week to week teams that you would think would have that advantage not just a home field advantage just an advantage from having a audience there and live don't have that and it's becoming more of a mental thing and maybe that is the kind of thing that's affecting monterey honestly i think you hit the nail on the head because honestly i I feel like teams like monterey are definitely like that's a world-class team and it's driven by a world-class fan base and I think that they, they do, it's one of the, it, your fans are not going to make you better, right? But sometimes when you're just kind of, you know, toiling in the waters of mediocrity or, you know, you're in the 68th minute of a game and, and you know, there's just something about having people there cheering you on or booing you or something, interacting with you. 
that, that maybe keeps you locked in 100%. And so, you know, I, I, I will buy into that being a good excuse of why Monterey is not at the top of the table. My only little question to that is it affects both teams the same way. So, you know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see uh, if these teams in the second half of the season, I, because I haven't seen, I've seen more mistakes because of teams just being rusty after having such a long break then I feel like I'm seeing teams that aren't playing with heart or teams that aren't being motivated. So right now, I think that uh, maybe we'll start to see a change in the balance where the teams are getting more technical. Uh, they've kind of shaken off all the rust, but now they need that motivation from the fans, and right now they're not getting it. We've got a nice race up here to where the uh, Little League will come together and 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 i'm just glad you know i mean as we talk about you know the factor of not having fans in the stands i'd much rather be seeing the games than not so you know we're certainly enthused about that and we will continue talking about it with bo byerly i'm lawrence scott thanks so much for listening oh yeah, oh, yeah.